It's the Stretch Four Podcast. It's a new year, but it's the same crew. It's me, Aaron Herzog. And me, Keenan Willis. And we're back with a whole new year of hoops, hip-hop, culture, and life. We want to get right into it with our lives. Uh, Keenan, you just let me know you're Man. in some, some Twitter beef right now. I want to hear about it. Tell me more. Yeah, you know, so and it's funny because we were just talking about this last week. Um Desperately like, trying know, to avoid trying to avoid Twitter beef, exactly. And then the what trauma. do I do? I go I go out and get myself into some dumb comment beef. Like what pulled you in? Uh what pulls me in is always the same thing. I can deal with like haters or like wild stands. I don't care when we're talking about uh when we're talking about comparing NBA players, people have their favorites. I don't mind if you have your favorites that may not be my favorites. Like, that's fine. Um, What pulls me in is when people try to use stats to back up their opinions and what they're saying doesn't make sense. Oh, okay. That's what that's when I that's when I get pulled in. That's when when people can't admit that they're just a fan or that they just prefer somebody or that they're bringing in their own bias. Yeah, exactly. And like and, and, you know, as a as a philly fan base we have a lot of experience with this like you know talking about and versus Jokic and, and and mvp debates like there's a ton of advanced stats that will tell you that the the debate is not particularly close but here's what it is uh, i'm i'm gonna come in hot with an opinion on this it is mm-hmm. it's very male thing and it's males who are not okay with the fact that they have feelings and that they are in touch with their feelings <laughs> And that they are ruled by their feelings. Yeah. It's yeah. somebody who's trying to transcend. It's somebody who's trying to be like, nah, nah, fe- getting getting caught up in your feelings. That's a female trait. That's right, the, right, right, it's right. somebody who has used that phrase because th- that's why they try to bring in stats to back up their opinions and their feelings because they can't deal with the fact that they are uh, ruled by their emotions like any other human being. Yeah, which is like perfectly normal. That's that's a normal thing to have happen to you. It's okay. Yeah, uh, it's it's toxic. Yeah. It's toxic nonsense. That's a that's a good that's a good way to phrase it. Toxic nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's perfect. Um, yeah. So you know, um, Molly Morrison, uh, you know, NBA Twitter, uh, NBA Twitter darling. Um, Grizz fan uh, mm-hmm. posted something about uh, how silly it is that the uh, that the Eastern Conference is going to have um, a really good player not start because of the the position eligibility. Um, okay, you know you can only have three front court starters. Uh, so basically, the this, the the question was Tatum, Giannis, Embiid, KD. Only three of them can start. Who are you benching? Tatum, Giannis, uh, Embiid, KD. That's rough. Yeah, that's it really is rough. rough. It is rough on the surface. Uh, what's your What's your gut instinct there? And and here's here's Here, the thing: the argument was not really necessarily even about that question. I mean, gut instinct goes to Embiid's the only true center, so I want to give okay. Embiid a spot okay. and cut one of the other three because I want to 
I want just just go back to it's you know Embiid's the center. That probably sure. obviously has to do with the fact that Embiid is my favorite player of all those guys. <laughs> uh, also, gut instinct is to cut Tatum because I hate the Celtics. So I'm trying to be objective, but I'm also. <laughs> Admitting that I'm being ruled by my feelings right now. Giannis sure. is the Giannis and KD are probably the two best players in the world still, just yeah. in terms of like hands down that. overall playing basketball. KD's having a hell of a season. Brooklyn is outplaying what a lot of people thought they should They're be. Figuring it out. Yeah. We talked about what Giannis is, which is just just so steady. He's getting he's getting buried. So I think what's going to happen, I think, I think Giannis might, I think it's going to come down to either Giannis or, or Embiid who get cut. I think Giannis will get cut because, ah, it's so hard. Or is it going to be Tatum? Is it going to be Tatum because he's young? I, yeah, it's really, it's, it's really hard to do. My gut instinct here was, um, Embiid has missed the most time. It's easiest to just say, sit him. Just cut Embiid. Okay. Yeah. That that was that was my like, here's, a, just here's another read instinct. Also, mm-hmm. why does it matter? Like, because it's not East versus West anymore. So why did I know that they pick the starters based on five from right. the East and five from the West? But why don't they just if it's going to be if you're going to draft people, right? Why right. don't they just go six six front court, four back court? They're the starters. For across the league, and that's then, a that's a good that's I a mean, good thing. Why do you know, we still vote east and west? You're still going to have the games people, aren't going to be east and west. That's a good yeah, question. You're still going to have people who you know what I mean. You're still going to have hard cuts made. The league is full of talent. You know what I mean. That, sure. But, I guess the league just wants to make sure that both conferences are equally equally represented. I guess, uh, which you know, I I, I get that, but. Yeah, that's that's neither here nor there. Uh, so, you know, I, I I think you can make a I think you can make the the injury argument for Embiid. Um, I think another relatively simple argument um, is they all score roughly the same, you know, in the same neighborhood, um, and then everyone else does other stuff better than Tatum. So okay, you Tatum. Yeah, that's another argument. Uh, but what got me in, sucked into it, to uh, a, a Twitter beef was uh, a comment uh, that said, "You sit Embiid because no one wants to watch a foul merchant shoot twenty free throws in an All Star game." Okay, come on. So I was like, "All right." <laughs> Number one, people got to get over this like free throw merchant thing. Seriously. Like, it's it's a it's a it's a bad take right so i responded just say you're a casual and leave it at that all (laughs) all four of them are top 12 in free throw attempts per game good players get fouled that's i mean okay that's 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 true yeah good players get fouled. yeah good players one they get calls mm -hmm. because they're they're all stars so they get all-star calls two they they you know they're savvy they were they yeah. work that and also teams foul them because they can't stop them. It's like a exactly. perfect score. That's why they lead that there are a lot of factors involved, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like that's I my plan was just to just to leave it at that. Um 
the response then was yeah except three of them are actually fun to watch while Embiid's I'm gonna read it directly while Embiid while Embiid plays insufferable basketball quick question have you checked this person's profile out what team are they a fan of Lakers fan Lakers all right fan. they have okay. Anthony Davis is their uh their their profile photo all right Lakers fan yeah all so right. one just, why just do you go care at Kobe. about the east go why at do Kobe. you care about the east <laughs> well but here's the thing i wasn't like i, w- I wasn't trying to like be mean to the, the, sure. the person i was just like th- what you're saying doesn't make sense and that's that's where i got in my next comment it was all right so then let me explain something to you you don't hate him because he shoots free throws because all four of these guys do you just don't like him or his game just say that like don't try to justify your opinion with facts that apply to all four because that looks dumb i mean yeah you're taking a very you're taking too rational of an approach (laughs) to this person yeah because like it wasn't it was just like you can you can not like it be that's fine but yeah it's perfectly don't try to back it up with a dumb argument yeah uh then you know like i i I, it's it's not even sure he might have actually deleted his initial comment there um (laughs) just admit that you don't like him and move on yeah uh but then like uh oh yes he said something about mb getting fouls he doesn't deserve so i was like again all right what do you mean fouls he doesn't deserve are you telling me that it's a coincidence that the four most doubled players in the NBA are the top four in free throw attempts per game. <laughs> no, if you get doubled, you're gonna get fouled more. Like it's just, it, yeah. I just, I hate, I hate the bad take about if it's harder to stop you. Throws. If you're a more dominant player, you're gonna yeah. get fouled more. Yeah. Also, Embiid doesn't even shoot the most free throws per game. Giannis does. Yeah. No one, no one's complaining about Giannis being a foul merchant. They'll they'll complain about his free throws taking too long, which I agree with. But like, it's ridiculous. Just because Embiid plays the game and gets doubled a ton, um, only person that gets doubled more is Luca this this season, at least. Like, don't and, get don't get mad at him. You know, for and every, he plays close to the basket. Of course, he's going to get fouled a ton. For every borderline call that he gets, there's probably at least one or more that he doesn't get because it's impossible. Yes, it's impossible to huge. call every call. Every it's impossible to call every foul on on post play. Yeah, in the yeah. NBA, they're getting they're getting fouled every possession. It's just a matter of how egregious is it. of when they yeah of when they do it. Yeah. Yeah, like I've I've you been watching the uh the Shaq documentary on HBO. I haven't. I haven't started it yet. But I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a good one. He, there's not a possession that Shaq didn't get fouled on. Yeah, and, and he was like, probably, listen, for his sake, it's probably good they didn't call them all. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, and he was like, listen, like, it's not like I was getting hurt on calls, but like, I I got fouled way more, <laughs> way yeah. more than got called. I mean, uh, the I same remember- thing happens to a beat. It happens across all of basketball. It mm-hmm. happened. It happened to me in in high school in JV yeah. basketball. I'm I would sure. get yeah. I would get pounded, and I was like, and I had a ref. I had a ref tell me once during a game. He said, "I know you're getting fouled every possession, but I just can't call the ball." He straight up said it to me. 
And in some ways, I respect that more because it's like, listen, yeah. I, you here's what's happening. I just I can't. know what's so happening. Like, do you yeah. do you want me to foul the uh, entire other team out? And I'm like, yes, right. yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I mean, that'd be a great story. How many how many fouls can you draw in one game, or how many players can you foul out in the game? Look, I'm going to shoot about fifty percent from the free throw line, so just keep. <laughs> You know, which I'm fine with back in 10th grade or whenever it was, sure. you know? Sure. Sure. Yeah. And it was, People it was don't come into their that... own. People don't come into their own as free throw shooters until, you know, much later in their in their basketball oh, I, careers. I peaked. I peaked in middle school. Yeah? As a, as a free throw shooter. Actually, probably as a, probably as a, as a, a basketball contributor as well. I think I got better, but the talent around me also got much better. Yeah, I peaked in like fourth through sixth grade was my basketball mm. peak because I just mm. played so much basketball that I was just fundamentally better than everybody. And then once mm. like uh, the athleticism came into play, I started falling behind <laughs> and not because, <laughs> not because I didn't have natural talents just because I didn't realize I had to work as much at, at athleticism. Yeah. I was just yeah. like, oh, I'm just be- I'm just better at playing basketball than everybody. And then yeah. all of a sudden I like, you know, didn't run enough and ate too much ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was uh I was like the other way around. I was uh I was athletic enough um you know, in like in like high school to be passable. Um but then later, once I started coaching, I was like, oh, this game is much simpler. I could have been a much better player <laughs> if I just like actually worked on the simple things. The fundamentals. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. It was a mess. You know what they say, mess. though? There's, there's nothing fun about the fundamentals. <laughs> the fundamentals exactly. are more mental than they are fun. The, certainly. That's certainly. what they and always God. say. <laughs> Oh, speaking oh, of free man. throw merchants, Keenan. Yeah, I want to get into speaking of stats. Speaking speaking <laughs> of looking at stats <laughs> and free throw merchants, we had another. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a seventy point game in the NBA recently. We did. We did. Spider Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell, player I love to hate. Yeah, really. I think I hate him. <laughs> I think I hate him a little less now that he's on Cleveland. Which mm. doesn't make sense. I should hate him more now that he's on Cleveland, but <laughs> I kind of just love Cleveland. Kind of just love uh, yeah. them as a team, and I can't stand the Jazz. Never could stand the Jazz. Actively See, so root I've, against the Jazz. I've had periods of of Jazz fandom, um, mainly the Darren Williams era. I was going to say the Carlos Boozer era of the Jazz. I think I was I was actually a Jazz. I was pro Jazz during that time. Yeah, Boozer, Darren Williams, Andre Kirilenko, Mehmet Okor, like, uh, yeah, I could get behind I was a, that. I was, a fa- I was a fan of that team, uh, largely because it was the easiest team in the NBA to bet because uh, <laughs> no one watched them. Oh, that was during the heyday of your NBA betting. Yeah, you I like betting so, and advising people on betting. Let me let me tell you, I started. It had to be the 0405 season. Uh, I started, I think, with 16 straight wins uh, betting the Jazz. And it, was, it wasn't necessarily always betting on the Jazz. Sometimes it was betting against the Jazz. But, like, 
that was the that was the start of my hey, just pick an obscure team that not a ton of people watch and just get to know them really, really well. Yeah, and then and know how we be good. <laughs> just know yeah. how to bet them on any given yeah. night. Yeah, because no one else is paying attention to them. No one else is caring enough to really make the line all that sharp. Uh, and I've gotten away from that now. Now I just watch the Sixers and, you know, that with my heart. And that's not the way to go at all. I think they're going to shoot well tonight. You can't gamble. No. no you no. can't gamble with your heart. No. No. I, I, I used to have a strict, you know, don't bet on teams that uh, you actually care about rule. Uh, but then it was really easy to bet the Packers in the NFL, so that 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 sucked me in. Um, but with yes, Spider, with yes. Mitchell's with Mitchell's seventy-one point game, there's a lot of a lot of talk about all the stat lines, some some mm-hmm. crazy. You know, there's a ton of fifty-point games plus this year in the NBA already. There were multiple fifty-plus point games that night that got buried uh, because of Mitchell's seventy-one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, things are exploding in terms of stat lines. And I wanted to take a look at the uh, the top scoring games in NBA history and ask, which one's most impressive to you? So, uh, I, so here's a quick, yeah. a quick rundown. Seven different players have scored 70 plus in NBA history. Mm-hmm. It's happened 12 times, meaning Will Chamberlain did it <laughs> six times. Himself. Well, did a lot. Yeah. Wilt's on the list of, uh, yeah, six times. Um, the most, of course, being his 100-point game. Uh, the rest of the list is Kobe at 81, David Thompson at 73, Donovan Mitchell was 71, David Robinson was 70 run, Elgin Baylor was 71, Devin Booker was 70. Wilt's had 100, 78, 73, 73, 72, and 70. Yeah, I mean, Wilt Wilt was Wilt was incredible. Here's um, the here's the rest of the uh, just to go a little bit further. The rest of the top twenty is Jordan, sixty nine. Maravich was sixty eight, and then Wilt, 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 Wilt. Then we got a Kobe. Then we have Wilt, 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 <laughs> and that's and then Jordan. That's the top twenty five. Damn. Damn, what's the what's the last one in there? Like 63, 65? For, uh for Will? Uh for no, the the 25th the, is uh the 25th, yeah. 25th Jordan Jordan, Rick Barry, and Elgin Baylor are tied with 64 points. 64, okay. Yeah. yeah. And then we got a bunch of 63s. So Embiid almost got there this season. Um. Yeah, and Bede's yeah, career like high 59. is fifty nine, which ties him for eighty first best <laughs> scoring outputs in NBA history. Man, man, yeah. When you when you look at some of those, you know, those seventy plus games. Uh, I mean, I so Wilt's hundred game, I think, is is by itself. You know, just because one, it's it's a hundred. Like it's a hundred. Nobody's, it's... nobody's touching that. Nobody scored. Nobody scored more than eighty-one. So. I, here's here's my. I I made this point in a discussion a while ago when I was debating uh, when I was debating sports records. But like the set second place is only eighty percent of it, or you know, eighty-one yeah. percent of his. Yeah. Is, there's no other record 
that's like that that I that right. I can think of with like a you know like a major record that like really matters like yeah, something like this. Everything it's, else it's is nothing. pretty close, right? Right? Yeah. Or or is like shrouded in controversy. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the only other thing. But yeah, it's it's uh it's pretty wild. There's What's a sad to me is huge gap. Yeah, between yeah. and everything else and after that is, is there's no footage. Um, that that hurts my heart. Yeah, because like I would love to, I would love to just watch how that how that game played out. Uh, he wasn't particularly effective from the field. So if you want to talk about free throw merchants in that game, I mean that was you know that's that's one of the things that sticks out because he was so yeah. good from the free throw line that game, and he mm-hmm. was not a career good you know he was 28 to 32 from the free throw line and here's what you say he wasn't that great from the field he still shot (laughs) yeah he was 36 to 63 from the field yeah so which is you know 57 percent from the field which you're calling not that good (laughs) yeah yeah i'm comparing him to him uh but but yeah it's uh it's it's pretty impressive um you know, I look at. Uh, I mean, his career at, uh, field goal percentage was was fifty four. He was fifty four percent career. Okay. So he's, he's more more efficient field. than average. And a fifty one percent that he's that free low. throw. On his That's surprising career. that he's that low. I would have expected him a little higher. I mean, he had some some monster years. Yeah, his yeah. his final year seventy two seventy three. He shot 73% from the field. That's absurd. That's absurd. Because you look at what uh you look at what Jokic is doing this year. He's shooting what, what like 61%, something like now, that. Now this was only on seven attempts a game, though. Sure, sure. But even still, like it's that's that's tough. Um, I mean, the year he scored 50 points a game, he shot over 50% from he, he shot just over 50% from the field. Okay. Okay. So um, let's 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 talk about let's talk about Donovan Mitchell's night a little bit because um, I I think it's I think it's good to put these games in perspective, right? So yeah, uh, Donovan Mitchell played an absurd amount of minutes. He played like 50, 50 plus minutes in the game, right? So like it 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 wasn't particularly. Well, it wasn't it wasn't your normal game, right? Yeah, he's uh, uh, yeah. I'm pulling it up right now, pulling up his stat. He played 49 minutes and 48 49. seconds. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, 50 so basically minutes. 50, 50 minutes. Yeah, uh, not bad at all. Uh, he did this against uh who did they play they were playing the, the bulls the, the bulls yeah the bulls are the bulls are trash right now <laughs> uh well i shouldn't say they're trash but they're not good um what is impressive is that they were down a ton in the game uh cleveland that is i think they were down like 20 at, at one point uh and came back so it's i feel like it's rare where you see or more rare when you see uh, you know those huge games, but every point is needed. Yeah, they're um, down almost so, twenty at half. Yeah, so that's 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 big. Uh, he scored thirteen in overtime. Fifteen. Fifteen. I'm sorry. Fifteen that's to huge. four yeah. in overtime. 
Yeah, that's that's huge. I mean, that's, that's probably, huge. you know, once you get out, if you get out to a quick lead, you're probably going to get free throws. I didn't watch the game, but I'm sure that's what happened. Uh, yeah, the sure game like slowed down in the things. last few minutes. Yeah, yeah, no, that's 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 important. Um, yeah, I mean, like if you try to put it up against all of the other seventy plus games, I think it's probably the least impressive to me. Uh, maybe some of that is just like historical context. You know, it it just happened, so I, yeah. I don't have much context for it. I don't know what what that's gonna here's, start off for him. But here's what I have been have been looking at, right? Because mm-hmm. to say like what's most impressive, it's it's hard. There's a lot of things that go in, that factor in, and there are a lot mm-hmm. of we're nitpicking at this point, right? With anything where we're looking at the greatest, you know, scoring performances in history or whatever, you know, you look at the top, you have to nitpick, right? So what's the nitpick right. against Will? The nitpick is that he was so much better than everybody else. Right. So does that right. make it less impressive because it looks like he's playing against children out there? Maybe a little bit, right? Maybe. Like Maybe. the nitpick against, say, like Donovan Mitchell, uh, Devin Booker is r- rule changes, right? The way that the game is played today versus sure. the way that, you know, there's no hand checking. You're not allowed, you, you know, defense is, is a little bit more lax. You know, there's all those right. there's all those people who are who are uh, afraid that they're getting older who are like. Michael Jordan would average 60 in today's bit, you know, like <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, to yeah. those guys, I just say you're just afraid of the the marching on of time. That's right, that's what right, I say to them. Right. Time is um, passing you by and you're you don't want to admit it. Yeah. Uh-huh. That uh that is that's that's what I say to them. But there's also three point one too. There yeah, yeah. also the, so many of these games <laughs> came without without three pointers at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then there's like, there's also like, you know, Wilt scored a hundred against like a terrible Knicks team. So like, even in, even like, you know, his hundred point game was against just a team of nobodies. Ah, well, yeah, yeah. I, and, and in particular it was against their, their starting center was out that night. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh huh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was against a backup, things like that. But a lot of these games are, you know, a lot of these games sure. are are sort of like that. Except for David Robinson's, that I think that makes David Robinson's pretty impressive. That I that was one thing I was like, I was like, okay, I want to see. I was like, is David Robinson's the most impressive? Because it came in the '90s at a time with like, you know, oh, mm-hmm. you know, hand check. It was you know, more hard nosed basketball. He was a center, mm-hmm. uh, but they played the Clippers. And mm. the Clippers weren't really they? they play yeah. This this came against the Clippers. And the Clippers starting center that mm. night was Elmore Spencer. Interesting. And he only played five minutes in the game. And I think most of the center minutes went to Bo Outlaw. Not a terrible player, but you know, not exactly somebody That's that That's fair. Not exactly somebody you're, yeah. you know, you're like, oh, he yeah. was really, he was really banging that night. That's fair. There is also the, uh, the issue that it was really just, they were, they were 
they decided before the game that they were going to feed David Robinson that game. It was just, yeah, uh-huh. What was it? Because was that because of uh, uh voting thing or like he I was trying to win the scoring title? Scoring title. Okay, that's yeah, that, yeah. that's what it was. But he yeah, went twenty six to... for forty one from the field and eighteen mm-hmm. to twenty five from the from the free throw line, and he went one of two from three. <laughs> the admiral. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Yeah, he was uh he was trying to beat Shaq uh for the scoring title. Um, and needed to have a huge game. Okay. Uh, and you know, came out with with seventy one. Came out with 70. So. <laughs> because there is there is that there is the factor of like, okay, how many players can do this if the team is just going to be like, all right, you're you are the entire offense tonight, right? You know, right? Yeah. There and I think I'm trying to remember who it was. I was watching an interview with a player. Uh, it might have been. It might have been Clay actually, uh, when he was talking about some of his like crazy quarters. But it's just like, yeah, if you if you decide you want to feed someone, like there's a lot of guys in the NBA that can that can give you fifty. Oh if yeah. If if the team decides that's what we're gonna do. You know? Uh huh. Yeah. If they just like game plan around him, or yeah. like the other the other team is just like not planning for them at all. It's just like a complete right. surprise. Right. Or like yeah, like. You know, look at the look at the uh, look at the Warriors. I bet there's guys on that team who could score 50 just because the other team's like not ready for them. You know, right. because they're totally focused on on Steph and Clay, and then like Jordan Poole. Like it makes it so much easier on those like on those guys who have um, Dante DiVincenzo <laughs> the scoring ability. Yeah, exactly. You know, if he yeah. wasn't expending all his energy guarding, right, gu- guarding guys. <laughs> Yeah. Devin Booker's yeah. stat line from his 70 point game is is strange. It's not like 21 of 40 from mm-hmm. the from the field, 4 yeah. of 11 from 3. So it's not yeah. like he got not, like not super hot from yeah. 3 and then he 24 of 26 from from the free throw line. Just got to right. the line. Ton. He did I, it in did. 44 minutes. I think what's most impressive about that one is just how young he was. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was twenty. Like you don't do that in your second season. <laughs> so that, that, I think that one made that more impressive, uh, and probably played up against the best defense because mm-hmm. that one was against Boston. That one's against Marcus Smart. That's against Jalen Brown. That's against Jay Crowder. Wait, Devin Booker? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was against yeah. Boston. Yeah. So like, you know, that's that's probably why he only, you know, only shot roughly fifty <laughs> percent from the field. But yeah, it's it, you can't you can't really go wrong with a seventy point game. Uh, I think. I mean, uh, you're gonna get hot. You're gonna have ridiculous. Your numbers are gonna look ridiculous. Yeah, David Thompson's is probably the crazy one. You David know? Thompson. That's just getting hot. Stood out. Yeah, as like, yeah. I mean, he went twenty eight of thirty eight from the field and seventeen yeah. of twenty from the free throw line. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But again, that's another scoring title one. Yeah, just a guy that's, going. That's for him. The and, that's title. him. And, that's him and George Gervin. You know, just going out. But you still got to do it because in some ways, in some ways, it's like, all right, yeah, we're just excuse me, we're just forcing it. But in other ways, the other team knows you're going to do that too. So. 
uh, you know, it, it, in in ways makes it more impressive. I don't know. I'd say if you if you score more than if you score forty plus in an NBA game, you you you've impressed me. <laughs> Here's yeah. Wilt's Wilt's second highest right mm-hmm. was a uh, a seventy eight point game where he went thirty one of sixty two from the field, sixteen mm-hmm. of thirty one from the free throw line, had forty three rebounds in the game, and. Uh, and lost to the Lakers where Elgin Baylor put up 63 and Jerry West had 32. That's, that's, that's incredible. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a, that's incredible. I couldn't imagine putting up 70 plus and in a loss. <laughs> like what's that? Well, I mean, what's that the, you know, the, like De- the Devin Booker games, a loss, the, uh, the, the David Thompson game is a loss. Um, sure, sure, but he won. He won the game he was playing. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I like. I, what is it? What, what? How do you look at? What do you do when you're looking around the locker room? Like, really, guys? <laughs> really? What else could I have done? You know, like, that's crazy. That's crazy. What's the most you ever put up in a game? <laughs> uh in in like any at any level that type of thing uh i think it's probably a middle school game uh and even then it's it's probably like 20 25 maybe at the most i i I, yeah the most i put up not a score (laughs) yeah the most i put up in like a an official game was a jv game and it was 20 it was 25 points and it was in an L. It was in a loss. Damn. It was 25 points in an L. It was a it was a crazy game. Uh I re- I remember it. We uh we tied the game with like like 5 seconds to go and the other mm. team inbounded the ball and just like came up and the guy drained like a half quarter. Like with oh. time on the clock, they didn't need to pull up like that. <laughs> like, because we still got the ball back. We still right, got right. the ball back had and had a, had a chance. And like, oh. yeah, yeah, I did Man. the thing where like I set a pick for a sh- for the shooter and then drifted mm. back and was like, "Give me the fucking ball." And right, I, missed it. Right, right, I did get a right. shot that I missed. I got a shot that I missed it. Um, but yeah, the the coach like I did this a few times. the 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 second half of my junior year of JV, I basically just took over the team. Like <laughs> nice, there were quite nice. a few times where like the coach would call a play, and I would just like change it as soon as we like left the thing. Like <laughs> that was one of them. Like I was supposed to like set up set a pick for a three point shooter, and 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 as soon as I as soon as I did that, I like basically like you know like they knew what was coming so i just like yeah pulled back and drifted and called for the ball and you know missed the shot i mean that's i've replayed like that i keep play i've replayed that plenty of times well <laughs> while just shooting around you know just like after that i was just like shooting around mm-hmm. and i was just like you know that that was my that was my in my head like you know wish i would have forced overtime that would have put me at 28 making that three and then i would have yeah. went off would have went off in overtime would have scored at least yeah would have pumped my pump my score up even more and i think i had like i think i had low 30s in an intramural game my senior year after uh after quitting the regular team because the coach wouldn't play me (laughs) 
<laughs> I went off. Oh man. I went off. But so, yeah, that's oh, it. But quick, quick question. Uh what's the hottest you've ever you've ever been playing basketball? Because I feel like every every player has like a a moment where you're like, oh no, that's that's the the hottest I've ever been shooting the ball. Ooh. That's a good question. I can't really oh there was a game. Okay. There was a game where something happened. I think like I was like having a bad day for some reason mm-hmm. and I was in like fuck it mode and I went to like my Saturday pickup game. This is like a few this is like three, four years ago. And mm-hmm. like I just went into like I went into like some zone because I, I think my my problem with basketball is always like not being aggressive enough, like not mm-hmm. like not just like kind of like taking over, or like being a little like timid on the court. And like yeah. I just like I didn't have any of that because I was just in like fuck it mode. And I was just like yep. I was just like doing things like that. I don't nor like my brain was completely out of it. I wasn't overthinking things. I was just like in like autopilot and like letting like just like muscle memory like you know the yeah. things that like you know when you play basketball all the time and you practice all the time like that's what you're working towards trying to like get right. out of your head and like do that right. exactly and i was just like i was just like hitting everything i was making like ridiculous moves i was like feel to like the point where like the guy who like was on the other team who we usually got like matched up against each other because he was the other big guy in the game was like what the hell is going on with you today it's like just getting frustrated but yeah, yeah, I think that's it. And it's because I was like, I was having like some sort of like turmoil in my personal life that just made me just go fuck it mode and bet. Yep. Yep. No, I, I definitely get that. I definitely get that. Um, I remember distinctly mine. It was a, it was an optional summer workout between freshman and, and sophomore years of high school. Um I did. I ran. I ran indoor track in the winter my freshman year. Um, so this was like me coming back to basketball, sort of. Okay. Because um, I was like, I can't run all three seasons. I'll, I was. I was burnt out by outdoor my freshman year. So I was like, I, I got to do something else in the middle. I love basketball. I'll just I'll just play basketball. Um, <laughs> and came into this workout, and you know, I'd, I'd play basketball in middle school, so you know coaches knew me and stuff like that and we had like a three-on-three drill and I no bullshit I probably missed four shots that day and probably got up like 35 to 40 shots um, <laughs> like it was it was I it was I was just unconscious oh i remember getting super hot from the field at a basketball camp once Mm -hmm. i uh i was at basketball camp it was a shooting camp and they were uh showing shooting drills and it was at susquehanna university which is where my dad went to college Mm -hmm. and the coach there knew that i was my dad's kid so they needed somebody to go Mm -hmm. out and, and demonstrate a game of beat the pro have you ever played beat the pro it's a very simple game you start out with a, a a free throw. Um, if you may, you know, it's basically if you make a shot, it's one point for you. If you miss a shot, it's two points for the pros, and you played a ten. So you mm. have to basically okay. make ten shots before you miss five. Yeah, okay, that's okay. basically what it is. Yeah. And uh, they were like, "Oh, has anybody ever played this before?" 
And I was like, yeah, me. And, but you know, they picked me because they knew that my dad was there. And I, I, I went like, I went like 10 of 11 from the floor in front of the nice. whole camp. Like nice. to the point where, to the point where one of the, one of the counselors was like a, a student at the school who was like an assistant coach at a high school and was just mm -hmm. like, Hey, I'm in line to take over the head coaching job at this other high school and like tried to recruit me away. Mm -hmm. Like I was in eighth grade. I was in eighth grade and, uh, and then the, uh, the coach, the, the head coach of the program, like talked to my dad after and was just like, mm -hmm. if he can shoot like that, he's going to be a D one basketball player. <laughs> like, Damn. like, is that like, it's like, he's going to be, cause he, there, I was in like eighth grade and they were like, you know, he's going to be like six foot five. If he keeps like shooting like that and like working, he's going to be D one. And yeah. little did yeah. the coach know I was going to uh, be 300 pounds by the time I was 19 years old. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, that happens. You know, the happens. shot never That's... left though. <laughs> exactly. As long as you can shoot, that's all. That's all that matters. That's all yeah. that matters. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was a disappointment then. It was. It was like, oh, maybe maybe Keita got much better in one year of not playing basketball. Like, no, <laughs> no. I was. I was the same player. Ended yeah. up playing JV that year. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh, the hottest man. I ever got, and it was like in front of the right, the right audience, just a bunch of call, like you know, college guys. Yeah teaching a, a shooting course who are just like who the hell is this kid just not missing listen all you got to do is get hot at the right time that's all it takes is just one scouting opportunity yeah uh for you to be on on someone's radar that's all it takes yeah i mean that's i mean that's how the whole uh basketball economy works now just people going yeah. to these camps and putting on a show yeah yeah. And I think that's a good I think that's a good segue point to one of the posts uh one of the points that you brought up that you want to talk about and that is the number 2 prospect in this year's NBA draft Mr. Yeah. Scoot Henderson. Yeah. I mean, you know, we talk about Wemby a lot, but like Scoot is not a bad not a bad option if you somehow you end up with the the second overall pick. Uh I think most people probably saw Scoot's dunk. Um this week which yeah. was his crazy his no regard for anyone else dunk yeah i mean when you when you cock it back on someone and like get fouled and then still finish through them like he yeah. he had enough time to to cock it back on him and then adjust his flight path mm -hmm. through the foul and then still finish real hard that's the kind of stuff where like with, like I'll watch it and be like, where'd even think to try that? <laughs> you know? Yep. 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 And yeah. like I just saw I like he's 18. He's super athletic. Mm -hmm. He also just isn't just like cr a crazy athlete. You know right. what I mean? Like there are some right. guys. No, he's, who, he's a he's a good basketball player. He's yeah. a good basketball player. My question for you is. Has there ever been another definitely going to go number two like that is as good as he looks right now? You know what I mean? Because there have been Ooh, other wow. years. There have been other years where like there's been a debate over who should sure. be the number one draft pick. Like, you know, like Odin Durant, you know, something yeah. like that. But like 
has there been a guy who it's just like he's not going to cha- he's not going to challenge for number one. There's no way he's going to jump Wemby. Mm, okay. Okay. But I so you know because yeah, like let's say you know so so you got to narrow it down to years where there's a definite number one, mm-hmm. and then you know because like so let's say like Zion right Zion's mm-hmm. year. He definitely like was above the pack, was going to be number one. But I don't think people knew that like Ja was going to be this good when he moved up mm. to like number two. Yeah, because there was still the whole small school, like, can he do it against better talent question, I think. And and there was some question about his his size and frame too. Mm. Uh, who and then went, Anthony who Davis. Went, was you know Michael Kidd Gilchrist went to that year? Who went one when KD went to? Was that Odin? That was Odin. Yeah. So that that's the closest, just off the top of my head. But I don't think Odin. But the, Odin wasn't a slam dunk number one pick going like that year. It was a back and it was a debate. That's that's it where people like were saying maybe go. you should, maybe yeah. you should take. Michael, yeah. Michael, yeah. The the way I'm trying to phrase this question is not who's the best number two draft pick of all time, but who's the who's the best when there has been such a, 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 a definite number, number one. one. Yeah, because that's like a, hmm, you know, one. like LeBron's year, LeBron was a lock number one, but then Darko hmm. went number two. Like he wasn't, you know, yeah. like yeah, and that, that was, was like that a little a bit mistake. of a surprise. Like Carmelo, you know, you had Carmelo, you had Wade, you had Bosch that year. Yeah. You know what? Maybe it's yeah, because that's that's the closest I could think of is uh it's like almost like Mello, Carmelo. Like he he didn't go too. That's the problem. Exactly. Yeah, that's the one that's that's the one that stands out to me too. Who are some other like slam dunk definitely going number one, you know, like no question about it picks like Shaq? Who went to no, that? That's the question. It was Chris Weber. There was a de- there was a definite question there about Shaq. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, because Leitner, he didn't. No, he didn't. Uh, I was just watching this in the doc. He he didn't actually. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm Lonzo confused. Morgan I'm confusing this. I was thinking about Penny the following season. Okay, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I was thinking about. Um, and but, actually, that might be the answer. But Penny didn't. Penny didn't go two. I don't think. No, Penny went three. Yeah. Right, because it went Weber yeah. one. Um, oh, what was it? Who went two? Was it Jawan? Nineteen ninety three NBA draft. It might have been Jawan. Why? Why doesn't it just come up? Come up very quickly and easily. <laughs> but yeah, Shaq's year was Shaq, Alonzo Mourning, Christian Leitner. Honestly, you know what? Maybe B.I. Um, because Simmons was going one. Oh one no, you're oh I know who went two, and we're gonna we're gonna cringe when I say it. You ready? Uh, behind Weber? Yeah. Ooh. Give me a school. Or give me give me a conference. Is the school too too obvious? The school, the school will make it pretty obvious. Um, what conference is this school even in? Like the the West, the the WAC? 
Okay. Okay. So a, a West Coast team. 93? Uh yeah, the 93 draft. Oh, they're they're I'm sorry, they're an independent school. Ooh, or possibly yeah, I'm that's, trying to figure or this Notre this, Dame. <laughs> this might just be their football team. I'm trying to figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> um number two that year. They're in the West Coast Conference. They're in the WCC. Okay. So I was Okay. Okay. That might have been what I said. That's not in ninety-three. That was not it's gonna hurt. Strongest. Here's here's Keaton. I'm gonna it's gonna hurt. It's, it's gonna, gonna that's my clue. It's gonna hurt. It's a big mistake by a team Was that will hurt. Sixers mistake? Yeah, it's a Sixers mistake. Sixers had the number two pick that year. In 93. It's so oh, bad. God. It's so bad you you can't even <sighs> you can't even remember this person. I mean, you're gonna you know them, you know who they are. It's not Sean Bradley. It's Sean Bradley. Oh, man. (laughs) Weber, Bradley, Hardaway, Mashburn, Isaiah Ryder. God. Yep. They passed on. Off the fucking six, seven. Oh, God. Yep. Sean Bradley. You know what? Like, and here's the thing that was a bad pick the minute. Immediately. Immediately, it's not. It's not like the you know that was he hadn't right played basketball. He hadn't played out. basketball yeah. for multiple years because he was on his mission, <sighs> and he wasn't even good when he played basketball in BYU. Yeah, yeah. God, that's a that might be the worst. <laughs> and then it's, I think it's, it's definitely not. Was there some th- sort of thing where like Penny didn't want to play for the Sixers or something or like maybe. Maybe you know? I, I I mean the way the way that Shaq tells it in the doc is that he played Shaq with Penny. Them, yeah, well, for blue yeah. chips, right? Yeah, and was like, I need to, I I need this guy. Yeah, um, and, and that's they why they made the Weber trade. He was pissed. Yeah, yeah. But they traded. Uh, like, wasn't that a trade that happened immediately? Didn't they? Yeah, trade- he 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 was like, I was picking up the phone to call the front office i was like what are you guys doing and then i saw the the trade announced <laughs> so he was pissed until you think that they yeah. would like tell him that they're like hey you we're gonna get the, like yeah, i i guess things work differently in like 1993 than they do now mm-hmm. but like if they were yeah. planning if if your star player tells you to draft a guy and you're gonna draft him you're like hey we're, we're actually gonna take we're we're gonna get him but we're yeah. we're also gonna trade so we can get we can yeah, get so something we, else we, for him. We can get something. Um, so that doesn't work. So that year doesn't yeah. work. I think it's. I think it's Brandon Ingram. The best number two. I, I at least in like recent memory, because Simmons was definitely one that year. Yeah. Um, there was a the, little. Brandon Ingram was good. There was a little bit of debate going uh, going up to the draft, where like. Sure. Where like some people were like, eh, maybe the Sixers should think about Tate not taking him. But yeah, that's I mean that's a good candidate because yeah, Simmons definitely was. But then like Ingram, like Ingram's not the second best player out of that draft. There are better players out of that uh, draft than him. Ah, uh, 
Jalen Brown is better than, than is Ingram. He? Is I he? I think so. I think. I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. And that's yeah. not that's no knock on Jalen Brown. I think that's just I think people that just you think that you think that it yeah. Maybe yeah, like Brandon Brendan. Well, Ingram's yeah, he's good. on a more high profile team too. Yeah, yeah, Brandon Ingram is very good. Yeah, I'm looking at other drafts here. Glenn Robinson was he was was he like a hands down definitely going to be a number one pick? He if he wasn't he should have been because he was pretty good. Because two three that year was Jason Kidd Grant Hill, which is very strong. It's a very strong, like, very strong case. I feel like it's the three that always kind of uh, the third that ends pick. Up. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the pick that's usually real good. And then the 95 draft is stupid because Joe Smith went number one, should not have, shouldn't have at the time. Sure, sure. And then it's McDye, Stackhouse, Rasheed Wallace. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was a strong year. It's a strong year. It's also another... And Kevin Garnett went fifth. Oh, Garnett went fifth. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah that, was, that was a crazy year. And then how did the Sixers mess that up? I mean, Stackhouse was good, and he was good on the Sixers. But how do you pass him over? How do you pass over Rasheed Wallace for Stackhouse, right? They really just a hometown so, guy. How do they not bring? She she just talked about this. Um, they could have had and... Sheed, and then technically they could have went Sheed Kobe and just went all Homer. Imagine she she has talked about how happy he is that that didn't happen. Oh, because just being home would have like, ruined. He's like, I was not ready. Yeah, I I wasn't ready to be to play at home. The man in in Philly. Yeah, I guess like, that would. But like, uh, like imagine an alternate world where they take Sheed Kobe back to back and just I like, mean, yeah, that's yeah, that's nuts. Just the city, just just how much the city would have would have loved that team. Ugh. God, I mean that. Yeah, that's. If, if only, if only. You know, you know, there's a world where, you know, there, you know, there's a trade where the Sixers end up with Jordan. Dra- on draft night, you know that. I I don't know that I. There I feel was like a, I heard this, but I don't know if I I could recall. There was it a yet. doc. There was a Dr. Dre for Ju- Dr. J. <laughs> Did I say Dre? There's a I trade Jay for I trade Dre for uh for Jordan in a heartbeat. There was a there was a Dr. J for Jordan trade where straight up. So that gives them Jordan and Barkley on the same team. <laughs> I mean that gives them Jordan and Barkley. There's also Doc a was trade. old too. Like, come on. There's also a trade in the uh in the Iverson draft where the Sixers keep the number one pick and Iverson and also end up with Kobe, which never would have worked, but there was a stack house for Kobe trade. Mm, that was, right. that was possible. It that never would have worked, yeah. never would have worked, but they could have also, there were also a lot of Sixers staffers pushing for them to take Kobe one that year because I mean, of his workout. He yeah, worked, he worked stack house in a workout. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, like yeah. legendary workout yeah. where he just, you know, when he was a, you know, still in high school. Could you imagine if, if, well, if we'd had if we'd had Kobe? I mean, like, man, that would have been that would have been crazy. I mean, my you know my opinion on Kobe would be completely different. <laughs> I don't. 
you know, I don't hate Kobe. I just, you know, I, I, I don't hate Kobe. I, I, Kobe's one of those things. I don't hate Kobe. I hate the Kobe stands. I hate the people who are just so into Kobe, like mm-hmm. who insist he's the greatest player of all time. And it's like, slow down. He's well, like, so there's, there's like an age cutoff where I'll give you that. Like if you're, if you're younger than 30, sure. Kobe can be your goat because he's probably the best player that you watched consistently. You know what I mean? Like, like if you I'll, missed, I'll, I'll, I'll let, if you I'll were let too you young for Jordan and you just like yeah. loved Kobe, but it's only, I, I feel like the only people like that are just Lakers fans. And it might just be because sure. I live in LA, but like nobody who's not a Lakers fan thinks Kobe's the best player of all time. Mm, no, no, I know, I, I know some. Yeah, yeah, I know some, but they're all under thirty. Okay, and they're just like Kobe's. Kobe's our goat. Yeah, my. And I uh, think it's more like the you know it's it, it's you know how I feel about this. I, I Kobe. I think. You know, it's kind of similar to Tupac to to hip hop. Like you, you as a figure and as a person are bigger than just your necessarily your 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 talent and your career. And don't get me wrong, I think Kobe is much more talented in the oh yeah uh-huh. <laughs> the, the 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 list of rappers than than Tupac is or Kobe Kobe to I, Kobe to, to basketball to yeah. is yeah, yeah. uh huh. Yeah, but like I, th- I think it's it's the overall more, um, that that puts Kobe up there. You know, um, I'm looking at more drafts. Elton Brand, so, he, was, he was pretty much a hands down number one pick, but that year I, Steve Francis was number two. That's the that's the one I was going to bring up. So are you are you? Is it fine if the one does the one have to underachieve for this to like be important, or is it? Just that there was a hands down number one in the number I, two. Yeah, I'm just looking good. like I'm just looking as like going into the draft. If there's a hands down number one, yeah, who's who's the best? Yeah, what's the the best like number two? Yeah, I think you can. I think you could certainly make an argument for uh, for Steve Francis there. I think you can make an argument. Yeah, Steve I Francis wasn't bad. He was. I mean, he was. He was a great college player. Yeah. Here's a good one. Here's a really good one. And in terms of prospects, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, 2002 NBA draft, number one pick Yao Ming, number two pick Jay Williams. That's a re- that's a really good one because Yao Ming was like pretty sure he was definitely going number one in that draft. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, Jay, Jay Williams was the best, you know, American college Jay, player. Jay is, Jay is what, what could have been. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, going into that, it's pretty good. It's Another, good if you want to go, what could have been? Brad Darty, I think, was probably a, a, a pretty strong one. Oh, um, Brad Darty, the guy who should have been a sixer. Uh, but then you, why, why should he have been a sixer? Uh, th- that was the Sixers' pick that they traded away for uh, nothing. Cleveland for interesting for nothing. And uh, yeah, it's pretty much the beginning of the end for Charles Barkley being a 76er because he got so pissed about it. Would we have taken Doherty there though? I yeah. Well, we wouldn't have taken the number two. Um, which who was that? Bias. Danny Ferry or something? No, no, Len Bias. 
Oh, Len Bias was that year. Yeah. Um, if you're just talking what could have been, but uh, yeah, that's a that's an interesting that's an interesting one. The '91 draft, Larry Johnson, and then Kenny Anderson, then Billy Owens, and then Dikembe Mutombo. I think Larry Johnson was a pretty hands down number one, but I don't think he was. I don't think uh, Kenny Anderson. I don't know. He had you know Kenny Anderson has the whole you know New York point guard thing going on. And now yeah, we're getting yeah. now we're getting into a time where like I don't know how hyped the prospects were. Right now, right. Uh, like now we're getting to a point where like oh like he, uh, like 1990 like Derek Coleman I know he was probably a hands down number one pick but like Gary Payton went number two I don't know what he I don't yeah, know what his that's a, that's a that's a weird one I don't know I what think, his yeah, stock I... was like coming out of high school or college. Yeah, I feel I feel like it's always that third pick though that ends up like the one that <laughs> that people wish they had. Yeah. I don't know what it is about that. There there is a third pick. I mean, there is like a uh, you know, number 2 pick kind of curse over the years. At least with the Sixers there is. <laughs> how how much of the lock was AI at one? I don't I don't I remember there being a debate going up yeah. towards the draft. People wanted there were some people who wanted Kobe. There were some people who wanted Marcus Camby because Camby yeah, was Yeah, because Camby Camby was a pretty good too. There were some people who wanted Stefan Marbury. There were some people who wanted Ray Allen. That was a Yeah. Now I mean that class. was uh yeah. Iverson was Iverson was not a uh a lock there for a while. I think I think close to the draft it was pretty sure that they were that they were taking him but it wasn't like a that was and that was more of a he was a lock for the sixers not necessarily he just was the yeah you know, the, the one consensus yeah. one number yeah a consensus yeah. number one pick yeah um yeah because there were definitely teams that would have uh there are definitely teams that would have taken Camby number one. There are probably teams that would have taken Marbury, also Ray Allen. So in the 1986 draft, the Sixers made two trades that would cloud the franchise for over a decade. The Sixers traded the number one overall pick to the Cleveland Cavaliers for Roy Hinson and Cash. Man, who the... F is Roy Hinson. Yeah, exactly. So when I say this was like the beginning of the end for, uh, and, and then, oh, they, they also traded away Moses Malone and Terry Catledge and two first round picks. They gave up Moses Malone, Terry Catledge, and two first round picks of the Bullets for Jeff Ruland and Cliff Robinson. Yeah. Oh, God. They. <laughs> Yeah, that like that's awful. Yeah, these two like ruined the team in Barkley's. Oh my god. Yeah, in Barkley's like second year. Wow. Wow, that's so they really bad. You know, that's like near the end of, you know, that's near the end of Dr. J's career. It's near the end of uh near the end of Moses's career, but Moses was still good after that. They could have transitioned. Yeah. They could have transitioned with like Barkley and Brad Doherty going forward, or you know, yeah. oh just my God, terrible, 
terrible trades. Do you know how the Sixers got that uh that number one pick? I have the, no idea. I have no idea how they it was how a they trade. got it because they were good. You know, because it was a trade in 1979, uh, where we traded Joe Jellybean Bryant. Oh, okay. For an unprotected pick, an unprotected first, seven years later. Wow. So, like, wow, yeah, that's geez. We should have taken Kobe to rectify that. <laughs> Man. Man, that's nuts. Yeah, Sixers made some really questionable moves over the years. Apparently, it was Red Auerbach's fault. Really? Yeah, this this is this is what I'm uh, what I'm reading. Um, yeah, the looming presence of the Celtics may have influenced the decision making uh, because they weren't sure what Red Auerbach was going to do. He was going to they they thought that. Uh, Oh, in the '79 yeah. draft. Well, because our back. No, no, no. The, no, the eighty, the eighty-six, the eighty-six. Oh, draft. the eighty-six draft. Yeah, uh, they were apparently torn between taking Darty, um, center William Bedford, with the number one pick, with the number one pick, uh, who ended up uh, getting uh, arrested um, after. Uh, after being a bust <laughs> and um, we ended up going sixth that year. Yeah. Or trading the pick. That's, that's what they what were they torn did. between. Yeah. 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 And so uh red hour back plotted. Why to were use they the wor- Why were they worried? Pick. Why were they worried? The Celtics had so, the number two pick. It's not like right. they can leapfrog them. There's not like a number zero pick. Right, so they were worried because uh, Auerbach plotted to use the Celtics' second pick uh, for Brad Darty and then tried to entice the Indiana Pacers out of their fourth pick uh, by dangling Robert Parrish in a trade. How does um, what does it matter? That, yeah, what does just it matter? The Sixers you had the number one pick. Like they overthought this ridiculously. Yeah, they could have just taken Doherty. They were he, like, "Oh, you're going to take the guy that we're thinking about taking one." Red Auerbach could not have gone, so we'll just trade out of it. What? That doesn't bananas. That makes absolutely that makes less sense. Bananas. That makes absolutely less sense bananas. than the than whatever their original. I don't know. However, I originally thought that they messed this up. Yeah, I guess they didn't. I guess they didn't want to take him necessarily. That that's the only. It, it had to have been they just didn't want to take Darty. That's the, the only Sixers. reason you do that. Yeah. And like, how does this make sense? Because it's like, oh, like, okay, start the. Oh, because they have Moses and they they don't want to take another center, but then they traded Moses. Right. They probably realized it fucked up. <laughs> they didn't think he could play alongside Barkley. Does that? Uh, maybe I don't know. This is just classic, like. This is before people who knew how to run basketball teams ran basketball teams. That's that's all it's got to right. be. Right. Yeah. That's that's wild. That's absolutely wild. But yeah, these uh I mean draft holes are very easy to very easy to to go <laughs> down and and very easy to start kicking yourself about decisions that your your favorite yeah. team made over the years. Yeah. Yeah, it's 
but the Sixers just seem to have some like strange ones, very specifically strange ones. Yeah, yeah, because it's like you can you can understand ones where it's like, oh, no one saw that coming. So it's like, oh, that's it's nice. What could have been, but like there, there are some Sixers ones where it's like both both people saw the person you should have picked coming, and people knew that the person that you picked wasn't that good. Yeah, so you just you, you were just doubly wrong on it. I I, I don't know. I don't Did know. you hear like, this the story uh, or like the you know what could have been for the Knicks um, that that. Bill Simmons told on his recent podcast. No. Have you listened to that at all? It's ridiculous. No. It's when it's when uh Kareem was looking to leave the Bucks. The Knicks were like cons- he wanted to go to the Knicks cuz he's from New York. And like because of like money reasons, the Knicks couldn't the Nick the Knicks like refused to make it happen or like missed hmm. out on him because they wouldn't like pay enough. And like a very easy move. That could have yeah. that could have happened. So then when it didn't when it didn't go through, they like tried to buy Spencer Hayward. And the Spencer Hayward or somebody else, they tried to they tried to they did buy Spencer Hayward. And then ah, you gotta listen to the Simmons podcast because it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I'll take, because I'll take then then their money gets tied up trying to buy somebody else from the ABA who the NBA voided because this, a different team, I think it was the Sixers, had their pick, had hit, had the draft rights to him. So they couldn't they couldn't buy him from the ABA team. And because their money was wrapped up in that, they couldn't buy Dr. J. So the Sixers ended up with Dr. J. Wow. Is wild. Wow. So like the, wow. the Knicks, the Knicks, That's bad. the Knicks struck <laughs> out on yeah on having Kareem and Doctor J. Do you imagine that team? Wow, that's yeah, prime too. Because that's, that's like wild. that's, that's what like that's like seventy five. You know, that's like yeah. or, you know yeah, what I mean, that's... or whenever that happened. Wow, wow, man, hold on, hold on. I didn't realize that the Moses trade was also a draft day trade. Oh, so yeah. So we made both of those decisions on the same day. On draft, yeah, the, where they traded away Moses? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. And that was like a, that was like a we think Moses is getting old trade. Sure. And like, he was not. It's not like that just comes out of nowhere. So, like, you got to know you're thinking about doing that. So then, why? So then, why don't you take Lordy? Yeah, why? Why not take Tony? God. Yeah. Oh, that's so bad. Yeah, Moses still had three All Star seasons left in him. He averaged twenty four the season they traded him. Twenty four and eleven, twenty and eleven, and then twenty and twelve, and then. The first year he didn't make the All Star team, he he averaged nineteen and ten. God, yeah, and they ended up playing until nineteen ninety five, the ripe old age of thirty nine years old. Came back that's, to Philadelphia in ninety three, ninety four. That's so dumb. That's yeah. so dumb. <laughs> God. 
That's so dumb. I'm, that's that's <laughs> that's really frustrating. That's really frustrating to know that. I wish I didn't know that now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that's how we have to leave this week. Yeah, that's oh, with you being frustrated man. about. You know what? It's good though because it just shows us that we're not the first generation of Sixers fans to be frustrated by decisions that the team makes and ways that they run their organization. Gotcha. And the Sixers are. Uh, I don't I I don't think it's just because it's the team that we follow. I don't want to say that every fan of every franchise can go through and and do stories like this. I think the Sixers are a singular weird it's pretty unique franchise. I think it's, pre- I think it's pretty unique some of the decisions that we've made. And you know what, maybe in some free time I'll I'll try to I'll try to you know look at each franchise and it's like what what are some of the worst what are some of the weird made in yeah. retrospect? I mean, but, I think uh, you know other other franchises ha- definitely have this. You know, they definitely have what the hell were they thinking moments. Sure, uh, sure. You know, but I think like it might be tied to like one era or one regime, and the thing it's just across the board. The Sixers have yeah. always been weird. The Knicks right. might be Knicks are up there with them. The Knicks definitely have. Well, yeah, the the Knicks are many eras of the of the New York Knicks are 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 yeah bad decisions and cursed decisions. Yeah. Oh Uh, man. Yeah, that's it. That's it for the podcast this week. Tell us your biggest WTF moments from (laughs) sport from your franchise histories, and tell us uh, tell us your favorite uh, number twos of all time and. And I don't mean that in a weird way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. You know, Austin Powers, he had (laughs) Dr. Evil's number two. I could, yeah. I I could I could have a whole other pod episode or or if we want to just have a life, a life where we can talk about favorite number twos, but let's not. Yeah, yeah, let's not. Let's not. It's probably for the best. We're talking about draft picks. We're talking about second fiddles. And uh, we're talking about hoops, hip hop, culture, life every week here on the Stretch 4 podcast. Follow yes. us yes. on Instagram at Stretch 4 Pod. Follow Keenan. Follow me. And yes. uh, tell yes, a friend. Please. Tell a friend about the podcast. Treat us yes, like, uh, treat us like uh, Tobias Harris and his. His sharpshooting <laughs> status. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Yes, please. Uh, and also, this is your last week for uh, Happy New Year's. Get them all out now. Next week, it's off off the table. No more wishing people Happy New Year. That's a rule. Mm-hmm.